Welcome to another episode of Kicking Back. I'm your host, Jeff Kasouf, and this is a podcast brought to you by The Equalizer and part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This week, I'm joined by Alana Cook. She is a recently crowned champion of France, helping PSG win the French title for the first time and ending Lyon's run of 14 straight French titles, a really significant achievement and uh, quite a season for PSG in France. And Alana is also a new member of OL Reign. As soon as that season ended, we got the news, uh, a permanent transfer to OL Reign in the NWSL. And she joins me from US national team camp. So a lot going on, a lot to talk about for club and country. We speak here about her journey to PSG straight out of Stanford, out of college, uh, coming back or coming back to the U.S. and coming to the NWSL and international ambitions, including even she um, at one point uh, was was being courted by England. And uh, we talk about the decision there to to play for the U.S. So um, fun podcast, as always, really appreciate you joining me really happy to bring you these stories of players coaches personalities in women's soccer and give you a little bit of the deeper story a bit of their backstory so um, if you've missed any please subscribe to our podcast here on whichever platform you're listening to so that you don't miss any future episodes we have a lot more planned and as always excited to bring you those stories and please go ahead and rate and review give us those five stars kind words helps us with visibility and it helps us bring these stories to more people so again, thankful to have you on Kicking Back. I'm your host, Jeff Kasouf. This is Alana Cook, French champion with PSG, new OL Reign member, defender, and a U.S. Women's National Team player of the future. Hope you enjoy this episode. Uh, Jeff Kasouf here on Kicking Back, joined by Alana Cook from U.S. National Team camp in, in Houston. She's been in many different different time zones, different continents uh this week so appreciate you joining me welcome to the the pod alana yeah of course thank you jeff thank you for uh for coming on um a busy busy week for you i guess some of it planned for some of it hoped for uh a french french league title with psg uh less than a week ago that, that you lifted the trophy you got the transfer a permanent transfer to ol rain and the nwsl and now in u.s camp um a crazy week uh, this has just kind of become the norm for you or what <laughs> yeah it has uh it's been a bit of a crazy week i think uh just between you know obviously like you said winning the the french championship uh obviously you know very big occasion kind of emotional for psg being the first time that you know we've done it in the club's history um and obviously you know to, to take down leon i think is is a special occasion for all of us and you know i think it signify some pretty big things in the the world of women's soccer. So, you know, that was a big moment in its own. And then, you know, also just kind of uh, packing up my life in France and, you know, being ready to move back to the U S I think uh, also a big moment for me personally, uh, you know, and now just being back in U S camp, I, I went from France, I stopped at home in New Jersey for a day and then straight out to Houston. So it's uh, it's been a lively week. <laughs> yeah. You still have another time zone or two to, to jump <laughs> after this. Um well, I definitely want to talk about that that move, um, but I, I guess first and foremost, like you're right. I mean, huge deal, PSG champions of France. Um, I, I guess you'd be. I think I'd have to check the first American that wasn't on Lyon, just because Lyon has been winning it every year to to lift that trophy, um, at least in modern era. Um, you know, what was it like, just in general terms, to start here, being part of that historic season? Obviously, a lot going on coming 
not even coming out of the pandemic, still in it really, but um, just a crazy season in general. What was that like being on that that ride to to the first league title for PSG? Yeah, I think uh, crazy is probably the word for it. I think just with everything going on this year with the pandemic uh, and everything. Uh, you know, I think when I first signed at PSG, we talked about kind of the project of the club and, and the goals of the club. And I think one of the big things they hammered in was, you know, we want the standard for the club to be um, to win everything. Right. So the French Cup, win the league, win Champions League. Uh, and I think when I first got there, they acknowledged that, of course, it's possible, but maybe it's not necessarily the most realistic thing. And But obviously, that's what we're working towards. So, um, you know, I think we went into the season with that same goal, win everything, you know, be the best team in Europe, be the best team in France. Uh, and so I think, you know, it just feels like a, a bit of a testament to to the project of the club and all the hard work that, you know, the team has been doing. Um, you know, and with that said, I think in the context, context of COVID this year, that added in a bunch of, you know, different twists and turns, games getting postponed, games getting canceled. Um, you know, I think it really just asked everyone to be as flexible and, and adaptable to all the changes as possible. So, um, you know, I think it just showed the strength of the team, strength of the character of the team that, that we were able to kind of navigate those things and, and end up on top. Yeah, even that big Leon rematch was was delayed by like a, a couple months, which which left that in extra suspense. I guess it made it extra cool because it ended up being basically the last week of the season to to decide it all. So I, I don't know if that was extra stressful or extra cool for for you on your end, but yeah, I think um, it added a, a little extra piece of drama. Maybe maybe better for the fans <laughs> than the players. Yeah. Well, you, you were there for two, I guess you call it full seasons. I mean, the, the one before this, you know, interrupted by the start of the pandemic. But um, I'm wondering, you know, I guess enough time to kind of get a lay of the land and 14 straight league titles for Lyon. It's, I don't want to say always, but certainly for a long time, been PSG as as the sort of second team knocking on the door. And there's been that kind of hurdle at one stage or another um, and, and just kind of, as you alluded to that close, but not quite in, in previous seasons. Um, did, did you get a sense of um, what that was like and, and kind of what you were stepping into in terms of that dynamics of the two teams and the rivalry and, and maybe just, you know, I, I guess I'm wondering, like, did it feel like this season was a, a confluence of events that just came together the right way to, to take Leon down in the league, to beat them in champions league and um, to make it happen this year? Uh, you know, I think, like I said, I think it's just kind of the culmination of, of a lot of hard work and, you know, a lot of dedication mm-hmm. from everyone. Uh, yeah, I think the first matchup with Leon that I was involved in when I first got to the club, we lost 5-0. <laughs> so that was uh, a big welcome to that rivalry and kind of just, uh, I think, really helped me understand, you know, the, the quality and, and the level of, of soccer that they had there. Uh, you know, I remember walking out of the tunnel before the game and just standing next to Wendy Renard, Lucy Bronze, you know, players of that caliber who are not just on their national team, but, you know, legends of their national teams. Uh, so I think it, it, you know, you, you, I was aware of kind of the giants that we were trying to take down. Uh, and I think, you know, just as, as the team grew together, I think there was a little bit more of a growing sense of who cares, you know, but, sure they're giants but you know if if we play as a team if we stick to what we we're good at and you know play to our strengths i think anything is possible uh and i think you know we were really able to kind of hone in on that hone in on our style uh hone in on things that made us great this season and you know worked out in our favor what were those um early moments like for you i guess at psg where you know you stanford obviously is a a big platform and and you've had youth international experience but you know, jumping from that to a PSG Leon game. And, and like you said, you've got Renard across the tunnel, you've got 
you know, these world cup, all world stars. Was that, did you kind of go with that in stride? Did it take a little bit of adjusting? Yeah, it definitely took some time. Um, I think <laughs> signing with PSG straight out of college, you know, I, obviously, you know, they're a well-respected club, you know, the level's going to be high, but I think I didn't know exactly what to expect. Um, and stepping into practice the the first few weeks, I think my head was definitely spinning, trying to keep up with them. Uh, and, you know, I think I was lucky to have, you know, know some people who had played overseas before me um, and kind of just was able, was able to exchange text messages with them. Like, Hey, was it this difficult for you? You know, I think you don't uh, you kind of underestimate how difficult it is. You're adjusting to the soccer, you're adjusting to the culture, the language, you know, you're trying to find housing stuff like that. Um, so I think, you know, it, it is, a big undertaking at first. And I think it, it, it takes time. Uh, and you know, now that cat is over at Leon, I think we've kind of had similar conversations where it's, you'll get there, you know, it's, it's not just going to come on the first day. Um, but you know, it, they brought you there for a reason. So you just have to kind of believe in that and, and work your way to performing at that level and continuing to grow with that. So um, definitely, definitely an adjustment period for me. Yeah. Yeah. Katarina Macario, another, former Stanford player, uh, it, she's kind of been asking you in reverse a little bit of pointers. Yeah, I think it's kind of, I ask other people now, I'm able to kind of give some of that advice to her and I don't think she needs much of it. She's, <laughs> uh, she's, she's kicked off her early on career pretty well, scoring some goals, getting a, a lot of playing time. So it's been yeah. exciting to watch her. Do, do you keep um, some camaraderie among ex-Cardinal players, you know, keep in touch with so many of you in the pros? Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate that so many are still, you know, in the pros and playing and, Obviously, I've gotten to see Cat a few times this year because we always end up playing Leon <laughs> at least two, three, four times a season. Uh, but no, it's it's exciting, and even within national team camp, getting to have getting to have a bunch of former teammates here, you know, I think it, uh, it it's helpful to have a little sense of comfort wherever you go, whether that's in France, in camp, in the U.S. Yeah, did you go into that um, that experience, that signing, kind of? I mean, did you have any? I guess did you speak French? Cause that's, that's a big part of the culture. <laughs> uh, nope. Nope. <laughs> no. no, I got there and just figured I'd have to, you know, learn what I needed to know. Yeah. And that was, I mean, how was that adjusting to, to going in totally zero French? I mean, yeah, you know, it, I consider myself a pretty independent person. So I think that was maybe one of the hardest parts for me was, you know, I couldn't set up my own bank account. You know, it was hard to like get cable, get a phone, you know, set up on my own. Um, and, you know, it just really required relying on other people and kind of not being in control of what was going on. So I think that was very difficult for me. And I think even the little things that I probably didn't think of, but standing in the grocery store and not knowing what brands to buy or not knowing, like, do they even have this product here? What aisle would it be in? Uh, you're like trying to Google translate everything on your phone, something that takes 20 minutes, like takes you an hour. Um, so it was just like kind of those little creature comforts from home that, I didn't even think of that all of a sudden this language, new, new culture, it poses this like massive disruption in your daily life. Yeah. I did um, 37 days. I think it was for the 2019 world cup in France. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't speak a lick of French <laughs> and it was uh it was a challenge for sure. I, yep. I know what you're saying. I, I think my biggest frustration, and there's like five people who would probably laugh at this if they hear it, but I could not find like a proper protein bar to just hold me over <laughs> And I did, to your point, I didn't know where to look. I did not know what I was reading. Um, it was, it was wild. I had enough, enough bread for sure, but. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you get by by some of the basic things like bread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is there something that you found that you were like missing the most or that just didn't exist there that did back home or. 
Uh, I think the couple of times my mom came over, she would bring some, some spices that they didn't have out there. So I think it was just, it was little stuff like that where you, you wouldn't even think twice about it in the U S and then you get out there and you're like, Oh, it, they just don't have this. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't exist. Um, well, I mean, kind of breaking ground with PSG winning this title, um, you know, not breaking ground per se of, of going over there, but, um, you know, foregoing the NWSL draft in 2019, they're coming out of Stanford, um, going to PSG, a, a big club, obviously, um, you know, what, what was, what went into that decision, um, to, to make that move a big jump, obviously right out of college. Yeah. I think after, uh, my senior season, I signed with an agent just to kind of get an idea of get, get kind of the lay of the land, um, to know was there even interest overseas? What did that look like? Um, is that a viable path? And if not, you know, I was more than happy to go through the NFL draft under the NWSL. Um, obviously I think it's an incredible league and, you know, where most of the national team players here play. And, uh, you know, I think the parody in the league is, is, you know, what makes it so interesting and every game, every weekend is so exciting because obviously you just never know. Um, but it ended up being, uh, my agent kind of called me up one day and said, Hey, like PSG is interested. Does that interest you? And I'm, like kind of sitting there trying to play cool. I was like, yeah, you know, that's, <laughs> that sounds cool. What's that look like? Uh, yeah. So I think at that point, just being in my early twenties, you know, having an opportunity to go play in Paris with such a well-respected club, um, play at such a high level. I think it was just an opportunity I couldn't turn down. Uh, you know, I figured so much of the growth that you do is outside of your comfort zone. And that was definitely outside of my comfort zone. Um, you know, no better time to do it than, you know, when you're young and you kind of have runway and time to, to make mistakes, learn, grow and develop and all of that. Mm -hmm. Did you have um, an idea going into that, that maybe I'd want to come back or maybe you'd want to come back to the U S to NWSL at some point, or was that just kind of something that developed recently? Um, I think long-term, I always wanted to end up playing in the U S at some point. Uh, you know, I think just to be, you know, close at home, play in front of, what feels like home fans, um, I think was always a goal. And like I said, I respect the end of so much. And I think I've always wanted to be a part of it at some point. Um, but I think going over there, plan was just kind of take it day by day and, and see where that took me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, now you're, you're a member of OL rain. Um, we got the, the news on Monday, permanent transfer. Um, cool to see. I'm, I'm sure you're happy about too. a, a extended contract. These are things that didn't exist in the NWSL uh, even a, a year and a half ago, um, you know, the three years with, with an option. And, um, you know, I, I'm just wondering, you know, you got a taste of NWSL during the 2020 NWSL challenge cup um, on loan for, I guess it amounted to really a few games in, in the end mm. with, with the way the schedule worked, but um, you know, what, what made you want to come to, what made the timing right, I guess, for NWSL and rain right now? Yeah, I think I absolutely loved my experience with the rain uh, this past summer in the Challenge Cup. Um, obviously, you know, I grew up playing in the U.S., so that, that is a style I know and kind of the style that I love. So it was it was really nice to be back kind of playing in that style. Uh, and, you know, I think it just felt like it was the right time for me. You know, I think uh, I had gotten as much as I was going to from PSG, kind of learned as much as I could. Um, and, I, you know, it kind of just felt like it was time to close that chapter and move on. And um, like I said, you know, I think no better club to do it with than the rain. Yeah. What, what did you pick up from the rain? I mean, it was a, a different kind of environment, obviously just being in that bubble and um, you know, different than, than being in Tacoma, I guess. So you haven't quite gotten used to, you know, the, the home atmosphere, I guess yet, but um, 
anything specific about the rain itself that made it, you know, that's the club for me. Yeah, I think just from the staff to the team, I think um, it was a pretty incredible environment. Uh, I think just the support, the, you know, I think the general camaraderie um, from top to bottom, I think everyone was invested in making the club successful and, you know, making each individual successful. So, you know, I think uh, when you look at the veterans they have who've probably been in, you know, the Lou Barnes, Justice Lock, right, who've been there for, you know, as long as the league has been going, uh, you know, from their standpoint and they're just able to help so much. And I think the veterans of the club are so willing to help the younger ones. I think for me, it just seemed like the perfect environment to be able to go and continue to grow and learn and, and develop. Yeah. And, and a huge um, influx of players, I guess, mid season here or, or summer signings of sorts um, yourself included and, and a few familiar faces from, from France, <laughs> uh, I guess some old rivals becoming teammates here. Um, what, what's that like? I guess, you know, we've kind of, you know, it's, it's a few games into the season. There's been a challenge cup already. And over here, we're like trying to assess every team and where are they at? And, and the rain's been the team where it's been hard because, you know, there's almost half a starting lineup that hasn't arrived yet. It feels like. So um, have you thought about what that's like to kind of step in, you know, in, in progress, I guess, being the term. Yeah, of course. I think um, I've watched pretty much every game they've played thus far to kind of stay current and, you know, be as ready as possible when I do get there. But I think, you know, the first thing is just getting there, getting, you know, feet on the ground and first off earning a spot in the lineup and, you know, hopefully adding to the dynamic they have there. You know, there's already incredible players there. And I think hopefully we just, you know, hope with the, the new players coming in that it adds something to the dynamic, you know, kind of continues to build the team as we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, not, not quite the same place obviously but you're back on the the west coast you're there with stanford is that uh mm-hmm. is that a preferred coast for you or <laughs> um i i love the east coast i grew up there <laughs> but i do i do like the little bit more laid back uh style of the west coast so it's it's not an issue for me <laughs> yeah yeah nice um well i'm wondering you mentioned um you know the the style of play earlier um there's this there's always this debate different styles in different leagues or or countries even and um, you know, I think it, it kind of, it, it rabbit holes into these weird arguments about what's a better league. And, and, but I think the one thing, I mean, I'm curious about, um, there's always the criticism in the U S of, you know, France specifically, I think other leagues get this, but like, oh, it's a two team league and there's not the parody. Right. Um, and, and I'm wondering, um, I thought Caroline Graham Hansen had some really great and pointed words about that concept regarding Barcelona and Spain and how that's, you know, not the case. Um, what, what was it like for you or what is, what is that league like, you know, beyond the PSG Leon game? Because I guess myself included, maybe we're guilty of kind of paying attention to that two to four times a year, you know, in France mm-hmm. and not necessarily, you know, Bordeaux looked like they were a lot better this year, for example. I mean, what, what are the, what's the day-to-day like in terms of playing style and competition level in France? I, I think the most important thing is that it, you know, as people continue to recognize the value in women's sports, right, these leagues are continuing to grow and there's more investment. Um, so I think even from the time I started two and a half years ago to now, you know, the, the teams in the league are growing and, and gaining in, in ability. Um, but I do still think, you know, from top to bottom, there is a big gap. Uh, you know, I think one of our results this, this past season was 14 to zero, um, which is, is something that hopefully as a women's game continues to progress, right? That's, that doesn't happen. Uh, and, and obviously not a knock on that team, right? It's, it's just kind of 
where certain clubs are at with, with the investment that they're able to make. Um, but I think that's just something that you probably wouldn't see in the NWSL with, with the way it's set up. Um, and obviously there are, you know, pros and cons to, to each league and each style of, you know, free agency versus kind of the, the right system in the NWSL. Um, but, you know, I think it, it does end up boiling down to a two or three team league. And I think obviously you can't afford to drop points anywhere. Um, you know, we tied one game against Bordeaux prior to our game against our last game against Lyon. And that was, you know, almost a deal breaker for us. Uh, so I think you drop points against any of those teams, right. It, it can mean you lose the league before you even get to play Lyon. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it, it, we very much do recognize that if we perform in our other games, right. The only one that really matters is, is Lyon. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think, like I said, you know, the, the trend is that other teams are growing and gaining an ability. So I think that maybe doesn't last that many more years. Um, but for the time being, it, it is kind of, I think, how people do see it from the outside. What is that like, I guess, navigating, um, you know, even just from like a, a mental perspective of, you know, that those Leon games are the big ones, but as you said, you really have to win out otherwise. Um, is that, is that tough to kind of not be looking weeks or months ahead on that calendar as you, as you go through a season like that? Yeah, I think it's something that we're cognizant of. Uh, but I think what it does allow us to do is use some of the games before it to kind of practice tactics, practice, you know, work on our relationships with players and mm -hmm. kind of hone in on some of those things. Um, but yeah, I, I think it is, we have to be very cognizant of not thinking too far in advance, right? Because if you lose a game before that, does, does it really matter when you're playing Leon? It, it probably doesn't. <laughs> Yeah, there there are some five six nil results we've seen here and there in, in NWSL, but um, I, I don't know. That's the uh, the after dark chaos, I guess. You probably um, probably seen that. I guess it'd be almost morning for you there for if you were watching those live. But mm -hmm. um, are you looking forward to some chaos here? Because there's some. There, I'm sure you've been following some of it from afar. That there's just some funky things <laughs> that happen in the NWSL. No, I'm, yeah, I'm very excited for it. I think. Uh it kind of brings back a little more excitement to, to go into games and kind of have that feeling of anything could happen. And, you know, if you're not mentally ready and prepared and focused the whole 90 minutes, right, you can have a five zero result get away from you very quickly. Um, so I think that's what's exciting about the end of themselves, right? You have to play every game because you, you genuinely never know what's going to happen. The top team playing the bottom team, you know, it's not ever a guaranteed result. Uh, so I think, yeah, that is something that I'm really looking forward to. Hmm. Anybody you're looking forward to particularly, playing with or even playing against a lot of ex maybe teammates, a lot of ex players you saw in not ex players, but players you saw in college, you know, on other teams that um, even U S national team teammates, obviously um, anybody you've kind of been like, yeah, that that's going to be cool. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I feel like every team has, has a lot of different qualities and exciting players. So I think it'll just be really exciting to get back into the league, you know, and obviously uh, be able to see some former teammates uh, sprinkled in throughout the teams, I think will be really exciting. Haven't been able to see uh, you know, a lot of people just with pandemic, with being in France. So mm. I think yeah. that'll just be really nice. Well, you get to, you get to experience the uh, rain thorns rivalry in, <laughs> in its environment. Um, yes, yes. And I guess compare it to a, a Leon PSG. I don't know, you know, everything always becomes competitive, but it doesn't have to be, I guess, for, what's a bigger rivalry or what's a bigger, you know, occasion. Yeah. I think it doesn't have to be a comparison, but I think it's just exciting to get to play in multiple different rivalries throughout my career. So yeah, they all yeah. have their, their special place in my heart. I think. <laughs> um, I mean, one thing with, you know, you talk about special place in, in the heart. I think we hear um, Americans a lot 
that, that go overseas talk about Champions League as kind of that big appeal. Um, was that something for you and, and just being able to play in it and at a very advanced stage and, and some big results? Um, is that anything that you could, is there anything comparable or did it, was it that fulfilling experience of like, this is something very unique? Yeah, I do think it was something very unique. I think growing up in the U.S., it was something that I had watched on TV, just the men's side, the men's tournament. Um, and, you know, that's where you would see kind of those big global names, like, you know, the Barcelona's, Real Madrid's, uh, teams like that. And I think it was never something that I really thought was going to be relevant to my career, um, just being in the U.S. and also kind of, you know, when I was growing up, not really having the visibility of the women's tournament. Uh, so I think when I first got out there, one of the first games that I ended up playing in was our Champions League quarterfinal against Chelsea. Uh, you know, we didn't end up going through, but I think just to be a part of that was kind of a big moment for me and just kind of a big, like, I think it was almost like a soccer can literally take you anywhere. You know, it can take you to play against these clubs that you've only ever watched on TV and and idolized players from. Um, and then, you know, getting, getting to play Barcelona this season, right? Like, that's a club that you think of when you think of like the greats in, in world soccer. Um, so, you know, I think it, it does have a bit of a special feeling and I don't know that we really have that in the U S. Um, but yeah, you know, I think it, it is something that, that I will kind of cherish those memories of and, uh, think very fondly of. What, what is it like to defend this current Barcelona team? <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they were obviously, uh, quite good. Uh, no, I think, <laughs> you go into a scouting report like that and you're, you're trying to figure out how to exploit them. And, and it's obviously a team with very few weaknesses and, and lots of strengths. So um, like we saw, in, you know, in our matchups and, and obviously in the final, you know, they, they have lots of firepower and, and lots of ability. So it's, you know, I think a learning experience for a lot of us who ended up playing against them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's been, you know, fascinating to watch. I think even, you know, the final, um, obviously, and I'm sure you wish that you were in that final, obviously, but yeah. <laughs> um, you know, just even, I think like, that they have the ability to take a, a star central midfielder and say, we're going to play her at center back just because mm-hmm. we want to dictate possession. And, because we can. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. we can. I mean, it was, it was pretty fascinating to, to see that, which uh, to your point is probably makes it pretty difficult to scout or plan for. Right. <laughs> yeah. I know. I think going into that game, we, we had an idea what their starting lineup was, but I think their, their qualities, their talent, right. They're so interchangeable and, and so unpredictable in what they do. And, even no matter where they put the players, right. I think they're all committed to their style and they, they know exactly what they're doing. So uh, they were yeah, definitely a formidable team to go against. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, speaking of, of big moments, I guess um, we talked about PSG, we talked about this move to the rain, but you know, you're also in U S camp right now um, on the verge of, I guess the summer series is what we're calling it. Um, you know, but, but three games, I guess these are the, the last three games is what we've been told before, you know, an Olympic roster is, is selected. Um, I guess just how are you feeling in, in terms of that point in, in that specific process with the Olympics so close, obviously I'm sure, you know, a dream for, for any player. Um, how, how are you kind of approaching these, this sort of time period? Um, I think, you know, one of the things I've learned being in camp is I think everyone here is always competing as if a roster could be named the next day. Um, so I think, no matter where we're at in relation to a tournament in relation to a roster being announced. Um, I think the level and the quality is always still the same. And I think everyone's kind of always searching for that next level of excellence and, and trying to set the highest standard possible. So I think from that standpoint, it, it's, it's almost business as usual. Um, you know, obviously 
obviously, yeah, it is a bit different, right? There is going to be a roster name very shortly, and that'll be very exciting for those who make it, heartbreak for those who don't. But, uh, you know, I think all you can really focus on right now is just kind of absorbing as much information as possible and, and performing to the best level possible. Mm-hmm. Do you think, I mean, you were in many of U.S. youth camps. Was that, is that environment consistent from even that really young level, or, or does it hit a new level at the senior level? Uh, yeah, I think with anything, as, as you increase in, in age and level, right, it, it takes a step up and, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind of, you, you have to raise the level in order to be there. So I think it, yeah, the youth teams, it prepares you for the environment. You kind of get an understanding of, of what's expected of you and, and how camps run. Um, but I think you really have to be in this senior team environment to really truly embrace and understand uh, kind of the level that, that all the players here are at and, and just the level of professionalism and, and you know, the standards that they set. Mm-hmm. I mean, as a, as a defender, I was going to say center back, but we've seen you kind of shift wide a little bit for club and country at times. I mean, just as a defender playing for Vlako Nanovsky, who's, you know, known to be very defensive minded, but also wants kind of, um, you know, his back line as, as kind of the first point of attack to some degree. Um, what's it been like just kind of uh, absorbing that? Is it, is it different in any way than, than you've kind of experienced um, in, in other settings? Yeah, I think, What's yeah exciting is obviously Blacko is uh, very tuned in and very very keen on you know focusing on the defense, focusing on the defenders, and even within camp he'll work with us you know separate from the midfielders and forwards quite a bit. Uh, so you know I love that. I think getting to hone in on those little tactical pieces, getting to hone in on even you know little small things in our game that you probably wouldn't think of or wouldn't work on on your own, like dropping two steps back and clearing this ball with your right foot in this like certain situation, right? It's, it's almost like he's finding like little situations that maybe happen once or twice a game, once or twice a tournament. Right. But if you don't practice them and you're not prepared, like that could cost you a world cup. Uh, so I think to have someone with that level of attention to detail coaching you, I, you know, I, I think it's awesome and all of us benefit greatly from it. Um, so that's been very exciting. And I think just his, his tactical acumen and, and devotion to the game and learning the game has been just very exciting to be around. That's cool. Like training some of the, those, those micro moments, I guess, right. Mm-hmm. That, um, Maybe I've, I've spoken with him and he's talked about like the, the amount of film and binders I've seen his binders on draft day. So I'm sure, um, are you, are you increasingly into film based on that? Were you already into watching a lot of your own play or? We did quite a bit of film in college. So I think that was kind of, uh, you know, a good standard and starting point for, for me. Um, mm-hmm. I think we probably did less in France. I think it's just kind of, maybe not as much a point of emphasis for, for them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I think within that, I still had to kind of take the, the onus on myself to, you know, do it on my own. Uh, you know, I think you can play a game and feel like you did the right thing or maybe feel like you didn't do the right thing. And really the only thing that's going to confirm or deny it for you is the film. So uh, yeah, I use that as a kind of the, the measuring stick all the time. Yeah. Now you get film of like every shot and block and training yeah. too, right? So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it couldn't be easier for us, right? Like we, we come home from training and we get all the clips sent to us with our individual clips. And, uh, you know, there's really no reason not to kind of go back and, and assess how you did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, in the past, uh, and I think many years ago, and this has shifted, but U uh, S players have felt like and sometimes I guess in the very past, the U.S. Soccer Federation has said, we need you here. But there's been that feeling of I need to be in the NWSL to be seen or available more. I think that's shifted in a, in a good way. Um, did that factor in any way for you in terms of coming back of, of international ambitions and proximity or availability or, or were they kind of separate things? Uh, I think 
you know, I get the sense that the most important thing, right, is that you're you're playing in your club environment and, and that they have the ability to scout you. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, that was the most important thing. You know, I need to be, even as a young player, just in general, want to be somewhere where I'm getting regular minutes, getting getting those experiences, right? Because you can develop, obviously, and grow greatly in practice, but it's it's like those micro, you know, moments, right, in games, right? You don't get those if you're not playing games. Um, so I think that's kind of the biggest emphasis that the U.S. has right now. Um, you know, I think obviously it was a bit of a complicated year and in terms of COVID, right? You know, a lot of the French teams didn't let players out uh, because of the quarantine rules and, and during the pandemic. Um, so I think, you know, that was something that I had to think about, right? It's obviously an extraordinary situation that you'd never think of, but you just want to put myself in the best place possible that I can be available for camps, you know, be available to be scouted. Um, and, and we know, you know, the U.S. operates outside of the traditional FIFA windows. So it, well, I think it is loosening up on where you have to be to be in the U.S. I think it does make it a bit easier just to be, you know, somewhere where you know that you can always be available. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and I, I guess even from a personal standpoint, the the pandemic probably highlighted, you know, even just being able to have people, family even at games or something, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's probably a, a long stretch for you to to see anybody that wasn't a teammate. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, we... Um, we would, it's a bit sad of a joke, but we would kind of joke, you know, for some of the games toward the end of the season, they'd say like, oh, like, oh, you can get one ticket or two tickets for friends and family. And some of those internationals are like, well, <laughs> my, my friends and family aren't here. They can't come, you know, so if anyone wants this, but yeah, yeah it, it definitely was difficult. I think it can be, being overseas, it can be isolating in that way. And especially with the pandemic, you know, with people being unable to travel into the country, you know, it, it does make it difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, I know you've talked about this, but I guess for anybody listening and, and kind of getting a full picture of your story, you had, you know, the ability to potentially play for England called you in to some camps um, at the same time that you're kind of up and coming with the, the U.S. senior team. Um, I guess just, you know, what was that that moment like? I don't want to say decision, but just kind of that that time period like for you where you had these these two very appealing or, or, you know, flattering interests, I guess, from, from two very good teams. Yeah. I think, um, obviously kind of proud of my heritage to, to even have that opportunity to represent both. Um, and, you know, I think it was an opportunity that I felt I had to explore, um, to kind of, you know, just to be sure of what I wanted to do. Um, but I think at the end of the day, and it was something that Phil Neville and I spoke kind of in depth about was, I think the decision really came down to, you know, is it, if I, in playing in a game, right. For, for one country, or the other, am I putting on the jersey? Am I feeling excited and, and, you know, my heart's pumping and feeling proud because, uh, you know, that's the country that I really feel that, you know, I most belong to and I want to represent, or is it just because, you know, you're playing a massive fixture in, in a major tournament. Right. Um, and, you know, I just felt that's, that's what I feel pulling on the U S jerseys. You know, that's, that's where I feel most proud. That's where I feel like, you know, that's where I come from. That's, that's the country I want to represent most. So, um, uh, you know, it wasn't, wasn't an easy decision. I'd spent a lot of time thinking about it and, you know, make sure that's what I want to do. But, you know, I kind of just thought in the future, looking back, uh, that's, that was going to be the decision that, that sat well with me and, and that I was going to be most proud of. Mm-hmm. And you have that U.S. youth experience, um, you know, in, in, I guess, you 17s through mm-hmm. 23s, basically, that I guess probably helped shape that. I mean, among many things that shaped that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, Olympics on the horizon. I mean, you're, you're in camp. Um, you know, you mentioned kind of taking it day by day, um, I guess training as if the, the roster will be named tomorrow. You said, um, 
I'm sure you're also, or maybe trying not to get ahead, but thinking about that, that bigger picture. I mean, with this weird sort of calendar change and the delayed Olympics, it's, it's kind of a quicker turnaround to the next world cup, um, you know, plenty of career ahead of you, uh, you know, what are you, um, have you kind of laid out those big picture goals? Are you, you trying to focus on the one thing here? Uh, yeah, I mean, I take it day by day, but I think obviously aware of um, the big picture and, and what that could possibly look like for me. So, I, you know, I think if everything went exactly according to plan and I could have my dream, you know, one day I would be a leader on this team, you know, regular starter. Uh, but I think, you know, there's obviously a lot of smaller process goals to get there. So I think, you know, you can, you first got to get your way into camp, you know, prove that you deserve to be here, prove that you deserve to stay here, you know, prove you deserve playing time. So I think right now just kind of, focusing on those smaller goals and, and, you know, just kind of, like I said, learning as much as possible and, and just kind of earning the right to be in these camps every day and, you know, hopefully chasing a, a roster spot mm-hmm. as we move forward. Yeah. Have you, um, I mean, center back being a, a focus, I guess, of, um, I mean, Becky Sauerbrunn has been kind of held that down for the U S for so long and, and has that veteran experience. Is that, is that something you try to tap into or not something, I guess, someone that you try to tap into there, experience at, at that sort of specific position to, to kind of glean, you know, what, what works that is going to last at this level for the next decade or more? Yeah, definitely. I, I think honestly, it's like a, a blessing of, of maybe center backs in general, but any team I played for, I think center backs have kind of a general understanding and a, to just help each other. Um, you know, I think as defenders, it, it does, you no good to not help the other defenders in the group, right? You, you want to see everyone succeed. Um, so I think, you know, Becky's a fantastic example to follow and from her leadership to her play, you know, I think there's always something to glean from her and and the things that she does both on and off the field. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, you always kind of trying to take from that what you can and she's always open to answer our questions and, and you know, help us out on the field and off. So uh, her and Abby as well, you know, I think they've been fantastic uh, models to follow and, you know, just, like I said, learning as much as I can. Mm-hmm. The goalkeeper union. So I guess it's the, Need a different name for the center backs, maybe? Or... <laughs> yeah, we'll work on that. <laughs> Do you think that, I mean, I guess, I don't know if you can compare it, but it's an interesting point of like, you, you know, you're right, that you need your other defenders to be up to par as well. Do you think that's different in some ways of like, I'm thinking about the forward position of, not that you're not teammates, but you're also like, that's a, I need to produce individually, maybe? Is that, do you get the yeah, sense I, that's a little different? I never played for it so I can't can't speak to it necessarily (laughs) it's never too late it's never too late (laughs) Vlaco yeah we'll see about that Uh, no I think I think I've always kind of framed as you know even if you're the one the defender who's not playing right like rooting against the defenders on the field right it gets you nowhere it just it's it's rooting for the team's demise um whereas I think maybe with forwards right you you do have a little more I think of an individual focus in terms of getting the goals uh getting this just kind of it's you know a little more stat based obviously good team players, right? You're doing it for the team and, and that's the focus. But um, I do think defenders, it is just a little bit more of a, a team mindset there. I'm thinking of um, some of my college playing days and and you're right. It's, it's like self implosion to, uh, <laughs> but it, back then it was like, if you weren't on the field, it was like, why am I not on the field? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, is there anything in particular maybe you're looking forward to of, of um, I guess I use the home, the term home generally, but back in the U S close enough to home, maybe anything, <laughs> you know, that, that you've maybe missed that you've been abroad and, and will have back again. Oof, um, I think, 
I mean, it's like I said, when going over to France, it was the little things, right, that I missed. And I think just being back in the U.S. and it, it is being kind of back in a comfort zone. And and sometimes I still find myself translating things into French when I go to ask questions. I'm like, I don't have to do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I can just I can just speak normally, you know. Uh, so I do think there is a bit of an ease of life that I have missed and kind of will will enjoy getting getting accustomed to again. Mm-hmm. So where two years gone, where, where would you put your French uh, ability at? Oof. Um, <laughs> I understand pretty well, uh, pretty much everything. So, I, you know, if people were talking to me or if people were explaining stuff, totally fine. Um, I do think the harder part is always speaking. Um, mm-hmm. And, <laughs> you know, I think there, there is a bit of a stereotype around France and maybe kind of Paris in general that they're, they're not the most receptive if you <laughs> don't speak that well. Um, so I have struggled my way through many conversations at the bank or the grocery store or on the phone with a you know customer service. Um, but I, I would say I can survive. I can get the things done that I need to, maybe with a little preparation in advance, but I think I could do all right. <laughs> <laughs> I found with Spanish that I could read it pretty well because even mm-hmm. if it was every third word I was kind of missing, I could piece it together, but speaking it was a totally yes. different yeah it's a whole game. different beast <laughs> yeah definitely um well i think a couple of fun questions hopefully to to follow this if, if you have a minute and uh yeah of course we'll do um i guess we'd like to do like a little subscribers only rapid fire so um we'll, we'll add that to the end of this um but okay one to uh, a lot of cooks say th- thank you for for joining me on the main part of this pod and if you're subscribing we'll add a couple questions on afterward here Sounds good. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you for listening to Kicking Back, a podcast brought to you by The Equalizer and now with Blue Wire Podcasts. If you missed any of our great interviews from the past or you don't want to miss anything going forward, and I promise you that you don't, please subscribe on any platform you're listening. Please go ahead and rate and review our podcast. It really does help with visibility. That's that for this episode. We'll be back soon with another great guest from the world of women's soccer.